Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Isaiah in the opening chapter, beginning at verse 16 and continuing through verse 20. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading this morning is from the book of Acts in the 11th chapter, beginning at verse 11 and continuing through verse 18. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. At that very moment... Three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us, Peter writes. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then... God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Here ends this reading. From God's holy word. There is more than one stunning theological revelation that takes place here in this short account from Acts 11. Our story picks up in the immediate aftermath of Peter's vision of unclean animals on a sheet. In it, he was shown by God's messengers that the wall that had existed between clean and unclean had been removed through the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus had spent time with the unclean. He spoke with them. He dined with them. He healed them of their ills and infirmities, even On that day of the week when 
in the interpretation of the law by the Pharisees, no work of any kind was to be done. The dietary laws, likewise, made a lot of what was considered clean foods and which were considered unclean foods. But in his divine revelation, God showed Peter that such classifications were no longer central to one's relationship with God. What was and what is central was and is Jesus. God said so. That's the essence of the message as Peter understood it. And right after he received it, Peter received a call. A call from some messengers who had come from the home of Simon and Joppa. They had come to the home of Simon in Joppa asking him to accompany them to Caesarea Philippi, a bit further along the Mediterranean coast. They had been sent there to find and to invite this Peter to return with them on account of an angelic visitation, one that had taken place there at about the same time that Peter had been receiving his up in Joppa. As it has been said, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And the vision in Caesarea claimed that Peter would bring to the household there the means of salvation. And who wouldn't, I wonder, be keen to hear more about that? So three men were sent and dutifully located and returned with Peter and three others in accord with the divine instructions. And when they had done so, The story of the heavenly vision was shared, and as it was, wouldn't you know, the Spirit of God appeared right there in their midst and fell upon the Gentiles in the house, just as it had upon Peter and the other disciples back in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. The amazing scene brought back to Peter's mind the words of his friend Jesus, who had taught his disciples that they would receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which they indeed had. But he was perhaps even more astounded that such a scene would be repeated, and astonishingly, when it was repeated, that the recipients would not be Hebrews, but quite probably on account of the vision he had recently received featuring that sheep with the unclean animals, Peter was able to make connections and start to come to a, a conclusion that, that, that was, well, startling. And it's recorded in the 17th verse, as we heard this morning. If then God gave them, the Gentiles, the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? For generations, going all the way back to the days of the patriarchs, the Hebrews had understood themselves to be the chosen people of God, tracing their lineage back to Father Abraham, with whom this God had made an unrevoked covenant, a covenant of promise. They had enjoyed an array of privilege that no others had been entitled to. Well, granted, it had not always been a bed of roses for them, but along the way, the Hebrews grew to understand and to appreciate the very special relationship that they had with a very special God. 
acts of mercy and of power, of deliverance had been performed for their benefits as their God proved to be the preeminent deity. It has been said, though, that familiarity breeds contempt. And it seems as if at least some Hebrews, including some in the Jewish religious establishment, had by the time of Jesus begun to think of themselves as privileged on account simply of who they were. As Jesus had come to remind them, such thinking was a a bit off the mark. They were not in any way special because of who they were, but on account of whose they were. I know it sounds like a rather subtle distinction, but I assure you, it is anything but. Many had taken their ethnic status for granted without giving much thought to their heritage other than as a tradition that conferred upon them special status among the nations. Yet even as far back as the covenant that God made with Abraham, it was clear that the charge to the Hebrews was that they were being blessed so that they would be a blessing. Their good fortune, if you want to call it that, had been conferred on them because they were being charged with a particular task. The responsibility that had come with the covenant had been over time forgotten or misdirected by many. The law was given to this people, but the law was not given them by Moses. It was given them through Moses. The people of the law were to worship the author of the law and not the law itself. It was conferred on the Hebrews that they might be reminded once again of a special bond and of a special responsibility. This morning in our adult Sunday school class, this is just what we were talking about. As it so happens, as Paul was wrestling with this issue of being the apple of God's eye, the the people of God, the Hebrews, had understood themselves to be special people. And now Paul, who had bought into that for much of his adult life, was wrestling with the reality of what it meant. And in his logic, he, he reverts from the days of Moses to the days of Abraham and figures that there were Hebrews before there was the law. There were generations between Abraham and Moses. And, and so it can't be the law upon which one decides whether one is in God's people or out of God's people. And Peter is beginning to recognize this same thing as he has been given a clear vision of clean and unclean in this aftermath of the Messiah. So, church, then, what about us? If we believe these words, then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. What are we to do? I just finished a brief overview of what the Hebrews had done with the words they received from God. And then here comes Jesus offering up a new interpretation of all these words. 
Some, like Peter and like Paul, were open to the message of the Messiah. Others were less so. And now the Spirit of God has led to a revelation that the words of God as interpreted by Jesus are meant for not just the Jews, but for all nations, all tribes, all peoples. Henceforth, then, it is not just them who are a chosen people. We, too, have received a very special blessing. We, too, are members of a new covenant community. We, too, are responsible for caring for the precious gift that we have received. Like the Hebrews, this news and accompanying benefits are not solely reserved for our use and our enjoyment. Rather, they are provided with the expectation that they be shared. If this is the divine intent, then who are we to hinder God? It seems as if God desires for his people to know him, and we are all his people, the sheep of his pasture. After all, he's revealed himself to us, both through his manifold works of creation that are on display all around us, and he has revealed himself through the words of Scripture. And most spectacularly and intimately, he has made himself known to us in his self-revelation in the Word made flesh. Like Peter and the other disciples, like the household of Gentiles who were hosting him here in Acts 11, we too now know this God. We know that this God has provided a path for the slaves to pass through to freedom. His Son has done for us that which we could not do for ourselves and made a way by which the prodigals may return to the Father. This is, presumably, the message promised in the vision, the, the message which Peter brought from Joppa to Caesarea. Now, that this message was not like the tablets of the law and the staff of Aaron and some manna, locked away inside the Ark of the Covenant, it was no longer the exclusive property of a single clan. God ordained it, and Peter now understood it, and the world has not been the same since. We now live in a new era, one I'll call the era of the Spirit, for it is characterized by a fiery baptism from above, and as resident aliens here dwelling in the midst of the age of the Spirit, we are blessed to know and receive it, and we are exhorted to make it known freely to the ends of the earth. What if the whole world knew this? What if everyone was aware that they could be free from both the power and the wages of sin? What if all people were living with the knowledge that it was God who created them, that it was God who both gave them life and who sustains that life, that it is God who offers them a new life, and a new way of living that starts in the here and now and continues on into the great by and by? What if they knew that, though costly to our Savior, it was offered freely to everyone? Would this world look any different than it does today? I was reading some interviews with folks in Conklin, New York, 
hometown of the Buffalo supermarket shooter. It's a place about the size of Pocomoke that sits on the Pennsylvania state line outside of Binghamton. Unlike most residents that reporters talked with, one construction worker from the town said that he was not shocked by this news, saying, quote, it could happen here because the society we're living in is unstable. That is, I think, a pretty depressing yet profound observation. And among other things, I think that it tells us that even today, 2,000 years after the teachings of Jesus and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon his disciples and upon those who would believe from beyond the Hebrew people, that there's still work for his followers to do, to bring the knowledge, the word, the truth to a people who continue to dwell in such deep darkness in a society that is pretty unstable. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, may we continue to pray, may we continue to be encouraged and provoked by the Spirit. May we continue to repent and to receive forgiveness for our mistakes so that we are free to focus on others and on their needs, their need for knowing that which was revealed to Peter and which has now been made known to us as well, that God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. And for that, we may truly say thanks be to God and amen.